right, Sports Headlines. If you guys are new to the channel, make sure you guys like, share, comment, and subscribe for more daily content. If you're listening to us on our podcasting platform, make sure you guys follow, slash, subscribe. I think it's weird. It's social listening to us on. And follow us on Sportscaster and our social media platforms. We have a bunch of cool stuff for you guys that's almost exclusive to there. And I tend to ramble, so I'm going to stop today. And look, we have another special guest for us today who also has something in the background. So I need to get that fixed. Uh, ASAP. I just have a wall. Even Warner, wall. even Warner has a fake helmet in his. That is 100% authentic, Sean. That looks fake. I'm playing. Um, but we have a, we have a special guest for you guys today, Miss Sabrina Merchant from the SB Nation, covering the Clippers on Clips Nation, I believe is the website. So thank you for joining us today, Sabrina. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Yep. So let's get right started. First off, the bubble. Thank you, Adam Silver. I wasn't even, I wasn't really that optimistic, especially for the uh, numbers just rising. But we've access to all of our special guests so far. And well, first off, happy Thursday. How confident are you that the bubble is going to work and that we're going to crown an NBA champion this year? Oh, I think we're 100% going to crown an NBA champion this year because there's no way they're going to start this and then scrap it in the middle, especially now that we've gotten past the preseason. Like, there's full steam ahead. I have zero belief that anything is going to stop this. Like, even if there's some sort of positive test in the middle, they're just going to cover it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm 100% with you. Um, and if some star has to miss LeBron, AD, Kawhi, Paul George, um, James Harden, they're just going to stop it for two weeks and then start back up after cleaning the whole facility um, and, and isolating the the team or the players that, that have it. So, uh, yeah, we're certainly going to crown a champion. Right, and they've even, like, done this thing now where uh, they cut down the lag time for a false positive test. So if someone, like, mistakenly tests positive, they'll, they can have that fixed before a game starts. So, yeah, no, nothing's going to stop this. This is – this is a money-making machine that's going to happen. It's, yeah, it's a very, yeah. very good setup um, by them. I think they've done it near perfection, if not perfect. <clears throat> yeah, I'm actually – this needs just going to finish. I'm not worried about that. Now, like I've stated in the past, my only worry is when they start to open the bubble to family members, like Warner said, I think one episode, I think the two people, Matt, uh, three. Two family, three, my bad, three family members allowed in. That's when I start to get a little worried about – how it's going to work, but like you guys said, if somebody does I somehow test positive, they'll just stop it and then restart. Next year is when I get to how is that going to work because uh, you're right, you probably got to play at least part of the season in the bubble, so that that's where I start to, to wonder how is it going to work, but this year we're going to crown a champion, no doubt, in my mind. So, let's talk about the two teams that very many people have as their favorites, the Lakers and the Clippers opening night as the bubble Dang you, Adam Silver. You know how to get all of our attention. Everybody, well, everybody who watches basketball or covers basketball, they were very unproductive for about uh, for about three hours, which was about the game time. The Lakers beat the Clippers in a game that we covered on our first ever SH Primetime live stream on Sportscaster, where the Lakers beat the Clippers in a game. And if you're a Lakers fan like I am, it will, I got Christmas Day vibes watching the game and covering the game. So, Let's start here with you, Sabrina. What were your thoughts on the game and how each team played? I think it was a game that the Lakers just absolutely had to win because, you know, Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams were out. And if the Lakers lose, then you're down 3-1 in the season series. And there's just like a lot of narrative going, oh, maybe this is a really bad matchup, you know, against the Clippers. So 
they kind of had to win and they came out with, I mean, LeBron especially came out with a level of intensity that you would expect for a must win kind of game. Uh, and they did it. And I don't really think the margin matters all that much because the specific possessions that you can point back to where LeBron dialed up that defensive pressure on Paul George or Kawhi Leonard and, um, you know, the way Anthony Davis just like seemingly made it his mission to foul out every single member of the Clippers front court, like all of those things, uh, those are things you can point back to. And I don't think that Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell are going to meaningfully impact the way the Clippers play defense, you know, so that's not really a concern <laughs> going forward. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this, this was a game the Lakers had to win. They did it, and I don't think the Clippers feel much worse about it because, you know, obviously they have a lot more in their tank that they can pull out for future games. They've proven that they can beat the Lakers without Paul George. They, you know, they did it again on Christmas on the Lakers' actual home court, which is not going to be a factor going forward. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's strange to say that I think both teams can feel pretty good about that one, but I think they can, and that's just – what makes uh, potential Western conference finals even more interesting knowing that both teams have a legitimate stake in it and a reason to believe that they can beat the other team. Yeah. Um, the Clippers have an excuse to lose. The Lakers had no excuse. So if, if the Lakers didn't, Sean, they're missing their two best bench pieces in, in, in their lineup. Um, and, and um, I know Sean sometimes gets a little bit biased when it's coming to no. the Lakers. But, uh, Why? Why? but go. go ahead. When, when, when the Lakers and, and the Clippers, you know, kind of faced off, it came down to the wire and, and the Lakers came out on top. Um, you know, as you said, it was a must-win game for them. Clippers had an excuse. Lakers had no excuse. And it came down as um, the Lakers taking advantage of, of um, those two being out. The reason I'm giving you the eye roll and the face palm right now is because how many points does Blue Will and Montreal combine for a how many I know, I know your theory no, is no, LeBron no, had a no, down no, game. How many points did they combine for? 36. 36 points. How many points does LeBron James average this year? And let's add the assist totals as well. He averages 26 points, 11 assists on, but if you round up, 26 points, 11 assists. I need to find like how many points he accounts for a game of that game. He had, hold on, let me pull it up. He had 16 points. On six for 19 shooting, and by the way, most of those points were in the fourth quarter, and he had seven assists, right? So that's probably, that literally equals or lowers what Montrez Harrell and Lou will do, and we're kind of like points for accounted for, that is way lower. So the, and, and the media loves to say, well, uh, the, the Lakers, they can't win the championship because Avery Bradley is gone, and that's their best perimeter defender. He's going to help guard Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Okay, so Danny Green doesn't exist. Um, LeBron, who not only on the John, I think you're, you're getting ahead of yourself. We were just talking about that one game. I know. I'm talking about that one game still because my point is, you're bringing up how they had Lou Will and Mo they missed Lou Will Montrezl Harrell. LeBron was irrelevant offensively into the fourth quarter, and then he stopped Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So I think no excuse is a bit of a stress, especially when LeBron played that poorly offensively. But what that game showed me is AD is the most unguardable player on the floor, pretty much in that entire series. Um, and Kawhi Leonard, maybe I don't know what it is, but he hasn't like looked like Kawhi Leonard in the bubble so far. That that New Orleans game was fine, but the two other games, he hasn't looked like Kawhi Leonard. Uh, he's picked up the ball a lot. The last stop by LeBron was a good play by LeBron. We picked the ball up. He should not have picked the ball up there. Um, but yeah, nine must win game. 
must-win game for the Lakers, but they're fine. They're, they're fine right now. LeBron's probably is not talking on Tuesday anymore, but LeBron's fine. He's fine. Lakers are fine. I'm great. But uh, speaking of your Clippers, well, I don't know if you're a Clippers fan, but I'm just going to say Clippers. Um, they lost to the Suns so far. Are you concerned about the Clippers? And Patrick Beverly went down with the uh, half injury. Are you concerned at all about the Clippers and their performance right now? Because I believe they're only one game up on Denver. And if I'm the Clippers, I don't want to face Houston in the second round. That's probably your least, your most worrisome second round matchup. So are you at all worried about the, about the Clippers? Well, I think Houston is most likely going to end up in that 4-5 seed. So, uh, you know, the Clippers probably wouldn't have to face them until a potential Western Harmons finals. And even then, like, they'd have to go through the Lakers first. So uh, I, I wouldn't worry about the Rockets going forward. And even if they fall into the three seed, like, you play, what, OKC or Utah instead of Dallas, like, in some sense, that's an even easier matchup than playing the Mavericks. So seeding for the Clippers, I don't think is an issue whatsoever, because there's no home court, right? Like, the only reason you would have been worried about it back in the pre-hiatus days is that you don't want to spend three, potentially four games in Denver in that altitude where they just have a much better home court advantage than most other teams in the league. Uh, Now it's not an issue. So seeding, I, I don't think it's a problem at all. Uh, the only reason I would be potentially worried is if this Pat Beverly thing turns into an actual issue, because one more thing we didn't mention about that original Lakers Slippers game was that Pat was on a minutes restriction and he does very, very well again for Lakers. Um, not, I mean, I guess, no, actually even in the March game, he was really good. Uh, but he's just uh, this pesky defender that uh, kind of annoys LeBron. Um, I'm not sure how effective he actually is against him, but he definitely agitates him and that's not something to be unnoticed <laughs> and LeBron's, uh, and LeBron's really mentally tough too so that's that's impressive uh, yeah when it comes to that exactly and the fact that he wasn't at full strength meant you had to play all of these Reggie Jackson minutes which is not a winning proposition for the Clippers so I think Patrick Beverly is the third most important player on the Clippers and if he is not physically fully 100 percent that is a huge issue so the fact that he only played eight games against the Suns, I believe he had a calf injury earlier in the season. So if this is something that he re-aggravated, that's an Ooh. enormous problem. That's the only thing I'd be worried about. The record, I do not care about. Losing to the Suns, I think it's a good thing to get, uh, you know, these crunch time reps in. The fact that they had Zubac in the game late is really good because he doesn't get to play crunch time minutes very often. Because Harrell is uh, in there. In their, in their, exactly. Uh, so I think this was a really good learning experience for Zubac. Um, I... I don't have a problem with them losing. I just think that they need to be fully healthy. Like these eight games are just a ramp up for what the playoffs are going to be. And they need to come in at full strength. Yeah. Um, first off, what a shot by Devin Book. You have the two best wing defenders in the league guarding you. And I think Paul George got a piece of it too, the closer you look at it. But what a shot by Devin Booker. Um, Warner, I'll let you go. But then the follow-up question is, is there – are, is a guaranteed Lakers Clippers coming out of the West or could, or is there a team that could legitimately challenge one of those two teams to come out? But Warner, go ahead really quickly. Yeah. Um, I pretty much agree with everything that you, you all just said. Um, they, they shouldn't be worried about seeding or anything unless they somehow fall to the four seed and Houston's the five seed. Um, but I don't, I don't see that happening anytime soon. I'm not even sure if it's mathematically possible at this point. So um, it is. So it is. Yeah, wait, really quickly. Clippers are two seed. Well, the gap between two and six, people think it's big. The Clippers have a three and a half game lead on the Thunder for the six seed. There's, and there's their gap on, what did you say? Five there's games. Five games left. True. Yeah, but, so near, near impossible. Near but, impossible for them to fall. But, 
They're the two seed. The Rockets are the four seed, and the Rockets are currently two games back of the Nuggets to the Nuggets. Last time I checked, San Antonio losable game tonight, especially with the way San Antonio's been playing. Uh, Denver plays San Antonio tonight. Or, yeah, tonight. Portland losable game, Utah, Lakers. Oh, yeah, Denver could very easily slip out of that three spot, and which is good for me because I'd rather face Denver than Houston. But, um, so, yeah, Sabrina, who is the biggest threat to challenging the Lakers or the Clippers? I think it's absolutely the Rockets um, just because they have the best player on any of the teams that is not in L.A., uh, in James Harden. Uh, I don't trust them to be consistent enough to meaningfully threaten the Lakers or the Clippers. I mean, I was just watching the game against the Blazers the other day, and they don't really – I mean, that was a weird situation where it wasn't even their defense that let them down. It was their offense that let them down, which in some ways is even more concerning for the Rockets because that's the side of the court that's supposed to carry them. Uh, So, yeah, I just don't believe that the Rockets have it in them to be good for seven games to take down one of those two teams. I do believe it would take seven games to take down one of those two teams but they have the most talent and like they have enough wing size defenders and PJ Tucker, Robert Covington, even James Harden is a meaningfully good post defender. Um, they also have this gimmick that sort of messes with the Lakers. We saw it in the first game after the trade back in February when they came into LA and beat the Lakers with their pocket rockets lineup. Uh, I just, I think it confuses the Lakers a little bit that they can't go as big as they want to. And even though they have this, built-in edge where Anthony Davis can just play the five and Lottie die everything's fixed. It's not the way they want to play. And mm-hmm. just because of that wrinkle, it, it adds a little bit of uncertainty to that matchup that I'm sure the Lakers would just rather not have to deal with. Yeah. Um, I said this recently. If the Lakers are going to win a championship, AD has to get over not wanting to play the five. He needs to get over it. Because the Rockets series is going to have to play a bunch of the five. We saw in the Clippers game, their offense looked a lot uh, quicker and their sets were with better pace, and their defense looked quicker, their rotations were quicker when AD was at the five. Um, if I'm the Clippers at a lake, I want to avoid Houston at all costs because Houston's been the most impressive team because of how they've somehow – I've been very critical of, like, the small ball system, but it's worked. Dallas, the fact they came back, Milwaukee was like the ultimate game. I'm like, there's no way Warner even said, there's no way you beat the Bucks With Giannis, Chris Middleton, every player in that starting five is 6'6 six, six and higher. Uh, Houston had one player 6'7 or higher. That's Robert Covington, I believe. Yeah. And, and they somehow got out rebounded and they just outshot the Bucks and they won the game. So if at all costs, I. I and you have two guards who are just so explosive that will just take advantage of mismatches at all at every chance they get at Harden and Westbrook. So whichever late uh, LA team has to face the Rockets in a, in a potential second round matchup, that's gonna be that's gonna be very scary for one of the LA. Yeah, um, I think I think with that with that Lakers team, um, or, or I mean the Rockets team. Sorry. Um, I think it's going to be interesting, and I think this—that's um, the team that they're going to. The Lakers are going to miss Avery Bradley the most because if you can have Avery Bradley and Danny Green, uh, at least shadowing Harden and Westbrook, um, that can let you know LeBron take take some plays off, take a series off, and not have to um, defend as much as as he probably should. Um, and and 
you know, I think that's that's what it's going to come down to. But um, I think the Rockets are more dangerous to the Clippers than than they are to the Lakers, just because the Clippers. I mean, Harrell's what six nine, maybe six ten, and then Zubats is is a big guy. But um, I think the the Clippers play smaller than the Lakers do, and so I think if Anthony Davis plays the five for the Lakers, and you have Kuz at the four, he's stepped up his defense uh, a little bit. He's a serviceable defender, um, in in the in a rotation piece. And so um, I think I think that the Lakers are going to have a, a slightly better um, sort of offensive approach against the Rockets due to Anthony Davis. I mean, you saw what he did with the Clippers. He just beat him up uh, for 30-plus points, a bunch of rebounds, and just collecting fouls. Here's a foul. There's a foul. I'll take all the fouls. And so um, I think he's going to just keep doing that against P.J. Tucker, Robert Covington, uh, maybe even House. And uh, I think I think – it's going to be a slightly harder matchup, uh, Rockets versus Clippers. Um, but I, I think both of them should – both the L.A. teams should knock off Houston in six or seven games. So, wait, question. Just, just to clarify, you said the Clippers, the Rockets should rather face – wait, I'm confused. You said the Lakers. I feel, okay, yeah. So, I think the Rockets are dangerous to both teams, but I think they're more dangerous to the Clippers and have a better chance to knock off the Clippers than they do the Lakers. But I don't think they're going to knock them off either way. Especially if Patrick Beverly has that lingering calf issue. If the Clippers are fully healthy, there's no chance. The Rockets have a better chance of being the Lakers than the Clippers because of the matchup problems that they cause for the Lakers. First off, you have the two best wing defenders in basketball that can just shadow, especially Harden. They can just shadow those two for the whole game. And then if you're like, well, okay, they might be tired. You have Lou Will. You're making me defend the Clippers, and I hate my support. Uh, Lou Will off the bench. You have shooters almost everywhere. Since, um, since when, Sean, has Lou Will been a top, top-notch defender? I'm talking about offensively. The playoffs. That is a fair point. But we're, that, that's a fair point. Also, but, the Rockets twice this season, including once at full strength. I mean, they have the same amount of success against the Lakers as they do against the Clippers. I don't think it's that big of a difference either way. Um, and, then, and then, Warner, to talk about, like, your AD point, which is it, which is the wrong but if AD is at full aggressive mode, he'll get 30 points every single night. Like, the way he looked against the Jazz, the way he looked against the Clippers, it's how he should look every single night. The Raptors game was a fluke. That was an absolute fluke. Hats off to – because Kyle Lowry isn't playing like like that in the playoffs. Warner, if you think he – Or is, even every day. <laughs> or even, or even, even every even day. Even every day, yeah. Um, that's what that's what I kind of like about the Raptors in a weird way. There, there's like seven guys that can get 28 and be like, and it'll be like random players you never heard of. Like, who is he? How did he get 20? But um, but yeah, AD, if he's aggressive, he'll get 30 because either you foul him, you put him on the line, he's an 85% shooter. We saw he just like shook him, shaked him, bake. Rudy Gobert packed three for the foul. Probably a bad foul call, but still he made it. Um, and he is probably one of the more versatile offensive players, especially for a big, I'd argue even more versatile than Joel Embiid offensively. I, I, so, I believe he is. Yeah, so if AD's aggressive, easy 30 every night. Easy 30. <laughs> Which then just makes it harder on the Rockets to, to guard him because then he might go for 40-45. Um, and then if you have LeBron being playoff LeBron going for 30-plus and a triple-double, that's going to make it even harder for him. All right, so really quickly, let's 
talk. We'll get we're a step away from Lakers and Clippers, so that's fine with you. Discuss the age, the race for the AFC, if that's fine with you, Sabrina. Yeah, um, let's do it. So the West man, I love the Western Conference. Uh the Eastern Conference is um where is my standings? Where are they? Okay, so the race for the eighth seed is on. First off, Memphis Grizzlies. I said this pre-show. Uh, I've been very pessimistic that they'll make the playoffs now because Darren Jackson Jr. tore his meniscus. But there's the Grizzlies. They have a one and a half game lead on Portland, which was forced to play in game if the season were to stop now. Then there's those sneaky Spurs, two games back. The Pelicans still in it, two and a half games back. The Suns, three games back, three and the Kings fighting for dear life three and a half games back with about five games left. I believe you need three games to be three games back and then the ninth seed to force the play in. So we're really we're really looking at the ninth through the whatever the signs are the twelfth seed. Who do you guys think is gonna get that la- the the play in game? Because I think we're definitely gonna get a play in game now. But Warner, let's start with you here. Who do you think is gonna get that that ninth seed to force the play in? Or is Meth are they are Memphis even going to make it and are we going to see a new eighth seed and a new ninth seed? Yeah, I think we're going to see a new eighth seed and a new ninth seed. I think um, coming in, I, I didn't think that the, the that Memphis was even going to make the playoffs. I think, or I thought that they they wouldn't even make the playing game, and that's even more uh, more solidified with Jaron Jackson Jr. being out. But um, I think there are eight and nine seeders going to be Portland and San Antonio, and I think they're they're going to play, and they're going, it's going to be a tough game, and and I think. That um, you know, Greg Popovich, you can never count him out, and you can also never count Dame Dog Flame out uh, in, on any given day. So um, it's it's going to certainly be an interesting game. And if I had to pick a team, I think I might actually pick the Spurs, just because you know Greg Popovich is just that that good of a coach, and it's not like they have no talent on their roster. Sabrina, that was kind of a, that was kind of bold, especially the style. But go ahead, Sabrina. No, I think Memphis will hold on to either the eighth or the ninth seed just because they still have two losses up on any of the other teams in this race. And, you know, there's only five games left. I think it's reasonable to expect that they can hold on. Uh, I, yeah, it's it's just that they had such a huge lead going in. And because the plan only requires, you know, a four-game gap, like Four it's game. probably going to happen. Um, actually, my bad. They only have – no, they, they probably have two losses up on everybody. But – uh, I don't think San Antonio can hold us up. Uh, they've done really well against uh, what they beat. The Kings, they beat. Um, Memphis. And if they beat Philly, then. Yeah, they, they, they did beat we Philly, were, right? They're, these schedules for the other. They, they lost to Philly both by two. Right, right. But um, the schedules for these other teams, other than New Orleans, are just really, really hard. Uh, because obviously every schedule is hard because the, the bubble is only the, you know, ignores the last eight teams but you know Memphis is I mean sorry Portland is going to have to play some really good teams over the last few games and San Antonio is going to play some really good teams and Phoenix is going to have to play some really good teams and Phoenix doesn't even play any of the other teams that are in this race so they're kind of reliance on um, the other teams to just manually lose because they can't factor into it at all uh, but yeah I think other than uh, I think it's gonna be Memphis and probably Portland uh, just because Portland has the best team I would say of anybody left and they're also and, the nine seed right now. Right, they're also the nine seed right now. Um, and, I mean, their season is literally like an objective failure if they don't make the playoffs. They have the most at stake other than, you know, like San Antonio, you can just couch it up to LaMarcus Aldridge not being there and Trey Lyles not being there. And they're starting this backcourt of DeJounte and Derek White, who's very young, and Lonnie Walker. And it's 
it's very much a youth movement going on there and there's things you can build on for the future. It's not like we have to do it this year. Portland has to get in the playoffs this year. Like there's just no way around it. Um, they just what committed like millions and hundreds of millions of dollars to McCollum and Lillard this off season. And you can't start the first year of those contracts with being like, Oh, we weren't even good enough to make the playoffs. Uh, yeah. I think, I think it's going to come down to Portland and Memphis. And I would, I would take Portland in that plan. Um, first off, to address what Warner said, to say that they weren't going to make, even make the playing games a little harsh because, be, hold on, hold on, wait, 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 let me finish. I respectfully let you finish. Because first off, they should have never lost that Portland game. That San Antonio game went down to the wire. New Orleans, they probably should have won that game. Jaw isn't going to shoot that horrendous uh, very often. So, I mean, let's just say they win those first three games. I think we're looking at things a little bit differently here. But, again, they did just lose uh, Triple J. Um, Portland, I think, is the automatic, at least for the plan. Uh, it, first off, it's unfair how many, like, easy games New Orleans have left on the schedule. If New Orleans lose any games, I'm calling for Alvin Gentry to be fired. <laughs> it's a joke how easy their schedule is. Um, but give me Portland – and maybe it's because I just won it this bad. And I think I'm looking at the schedule now. I think they can win at least two of these. Maybe even three. I want Phoenix. I want to see Devin Book in the playoffs. Maybe it's because I just won it so bad. But I think I don't think Phoenix maybe the only one I say you're you're definitely losing is Miami. I think they can beat Indiana because how long is DJ Warren gonna shoot as well? Uh, OKC, that'll be a tough one, but that's no sure loss. Philly, the way they're playing, you can beat Philly. Um, and then Dallas can't close games, and Dallas doesn't defend all too well. So I think they could definitely potentially make a run. And then Portland, they have the best play. Besides the Clippers game, Portland has the best player on the floor almost at all times uh, in, in the remaining five games. And like I said about Dallas, they face Dallas, Brooklyn, Philly, Denver, I probably pick them in those four games. The Clippers, they might lose, especially if uh, Kawhi and Paul George play because they'll need to try to hold on for the two seed from Denver, who's one game back. So Portland and uh, Portland and um, Phoenix. Maybe it's because I just want to see Devin Booker in the playoffs, but whatever. It's definitely because you want to – I don't think there's any way that Phoenix is going to um, come back and make the playoffs here. Um, and then with, with, with the Memphis point, I thought yeah. – um, if not, they just, sorry to cut you off. if not Phoenix, San Antonio. If not Phoenix, San Antonio. Um, for the Memphis point, you said it was a little harsh. I, I thought, honestly, I thought that New Orleans was going to pretty much run the table just based on their schedule. And I also thought that Portland would squeeze their way in. Um, so I thought those would be the eight and the nine seeds. But um, I, I, I think Portland – or um, not Portland. I think uh, New Orleans is actually really disappointing this year um, just because they were basically gifted a playoff spot and I know Zion's minutes are being restricted, but, I mean, he didn't play the first two-thirds of the year anyways. So, um, they it's not like he – he's a difference maker, but it's not like they can't win without him. Yeah. So, let's ask the question of the season. A seven-game series. Are you taking Kawhi Leonard and Paul George's Clippers – or LeBron James, still the best player in the world, and Anthony Davis' Lakers? Uh, you know, it's, it's funny. I keep getting asked this question, and I never have a good answer for it. I don't think I've actually even given an answer for it on any of the shows I've been on before. 
uh, it all comes down to the health of the other guys. I really think so. Um, you know, like if Pat Beverly is healthy, I probably would pay with Clippers. Um, if he's not, then I think the Lakers, uh, just because um, they have more depth than the Lakers do, you know, I'm more confident in the fact that uh, Beverly can get things done than I am in Deion Waiters, you know, being reliable over the course of seven games or even, you know, Kyle Kuzma's had three nice games. I don't know how sustainable that's going to be. Like they just have more playoff experience there. Um, they have a coach who's been in the playoffs a little more recently than Frank Vogel. And I didn't particularly like Frank Vogel's last hurrah with Indiana. Um, yeah, there's just more things you can count on there than I think with the Lakers. So uh, for now, I'd pay for the Clippers. Yeah, you saying that um, the the Clippers have more depth than the Lakers really, really, really kills Sean, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, uh, Sean, I was joking. Sean, uh, I was joking. My my only problem with people saying it is people for, uh, pretend that the Lakers have no depth. That's been my only problem. But the Clippers do have better depth. I'll agree with that. Um. But, yeah, I think in a seven-game series, it's just going to come down to which duo plays the best. If if LeBron and AD play the best, then the Lakers are going to win that game. If Kawhi and Paul George play the best, then the Clippers are going to win that game. And um, I think if, if Beverly is out um, with, with some sort of a calf thing or something else, um, I think the Lakers' chances increase all that much more. Um, just because of the defensive presence that Beverly brings against against those wings and the guards. Um, and, and that's just the third lockdown defender other than Kawhi and Paul George that you can put out on the floor. Um, but I, I think whichever star plays the best in that particular game is going to win. And I like LeBron's track record. Now Kawhi went on a historic uh, run last year in the playoffs, but LeBron has been doing that for pretty much the eight years before that. So – we 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 don't we haven't seen LeBron in a year in the playoffs, but we can assume, based on his, the track record and his history, that he's going to have a, a very dynamic and, and good playoffs. And we can also assume that Kawhi Leonard, who's a two-time Finals MVP, is going to have a very very good playoffs as well. Okay, so, um, <laughs> I think I think uh, I just want to throw that in there because you know, I mean it brings some value to. You have to, to bring up the two-time MVP because I, the, I think because I think the Finals MVP. I think the finals MVP may be a more important award than the regular season MVP. Okay, anyway. Andre Iguodala, finals MVP. Tony Parker, finals MVP. Um, uh, crap, You're not going to find a third one. I'm not going to find a third one. Hold it's on, a- give me a second. I can't think of it. Um, uh, I said this previously. Um, Whichever between AD and Paul George plays better that given night, because I think LeBron and Kawhi are going to cancel each other out. Um, either because offensively, yeah, Kawhi was better that night, but LeBron down the stretch was able to contain Kawhi Leonard. So that almost kind of balanced things out there. So whichever one between AD and Paul George is better that given night will win. And quite frankly, I think AD is going to be better than Paul George at least four nights because Paul George hasn't shown in the playoffs that he can get the job done in Indiana since. Are you kidding me? And, 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 no, when has Paul George ever gotten it done in the playoffs? I'm sorry, he lost to LeBron James every year? Is that like a, an indictment okay. against him? Okay, fine. So let's ignore the Miami years. The Miami years, yeah, those were good. But after LeBron left Miami, 
What was he working with in Indiana then? First round exit. Okay, what happened at OKC? He had Russell Westbrook, the, the third best point. He had one bad game against Utah. Otherwise, Paul George's playoff stats are fantastic. Please look him up right now. Please. There is no think? way. There is no way that Thunder team loses to that Jazz team if Paul George is so good. And Warner and Warren criticized the heck out of me for not having him on my top 20 players list for this year. I'm sorry. Not top 20? No, he's probably 21. He's probably 21. Mm-hmm. Right outside. Actually, wait. I'm, I'm going to let you explain your way out of this show. Wow. I might have my list. Hold on. I included Steph King. The only reason I can understand saying Paul George is not top 20 this year is just collective production because he missed so many games. But if you're telling me the 20 players you want to have most on your team, there's absolutely no excuse to not want to have Paul George. Hold on. Wait a minute. I might have my list. Yep, I have it. 20, Rudy Gobert, 19, Bradley Beal, 18, Jason Tatum, 17, Chris Paul, 16, Trey Young. Also, Chris Paul, 17. Jesus. (laughs) 15, Clay Thompson. Not Trey Young, not Clay Thompson. Okay. Uh, 14, Russell Westbrook, 13, Jimmy Butler, 12, Nikola Jokic, 11, Kyrie, 10, Joel Embiid. Kyrie, Jesus. Nine, (laughs) nine, Luca. Eight James Harden, seven Dame. I included Steph and KD. Six Steph, five AD, four Giannis, three Kawhi, two KD, one LeBron. Yeah, there are like eight players on there who I'd rather have Paul George. <laughs> yeah, you're telling Did me after you... Kyrie's playoff season last year, you'd rather have that than Paul George? Are you telling mm-hmm. me after how many straight first round exits you really have Paul George over Kyrie? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't really blame him for the fact that they lost his Indiana series. That, that's I'm not going to talk about Indiana anymore. I'm talking about the OKC series. I give yeah. the benefit of the doubt for – there is no way Paul George is a top – He had one player. bad series against Utah. One. That's it. it we're acting like they, they just, like, he played astronomically against the Thunder – I mean, against the, the Blazers last year. Tell me that the Do you want to look up his numbers again? You tell me Please. The he, he, was, he was playing on a hurt shoulder. I, I will give Yeah, him two that. hurt shoulders that he had surgery on right afterwards. And he was still good. He was still good. They should have won the series then. Here, here, here's the, here's the I'm thing. I'm sorry that Paul, Dame Willard was better, but that means he wasn't good. Wait, 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 wait. One last thing. One last thing because we got four minutes for Zoom kicks out. I'm sorry. Russell Westbrook has averaged the triple-double for the past three years, and we don't give him the benefit of the doubt. But Paul George uh, can't Paul George plays top. defense. That's kind of half the battle. Uh, okay, so um, – Okay, whatever. Go ahead. So I, I, I'm, I'm not going to get Daryl wouldn't like to have Paul George instead of uh, Russell Westbrook playing second fiddle to James Harden in Houston. Morning, I, go I'm ahead. Not, I'm not going to get on you about having Kevin Durant, too, after his, uh, his Achilles injury. You know my feelings on that. You know my feelings on your whole list, actually. Um, I will give Sean this, though. It is collective just this year, um, and Paul George was load managed a little bit, not as much as Kawhi was, but he was load managed a bit. More hurt. Um, and, and, so, and, and then before, uh, really quickly, so th- this is a top 20 player. Uh, game one, eight for 24. Game three, three for 16. Game four, the only two games he played really well in were games two and five, and they lost both of them. But the other games, he was on a way eight. 16, 19. I, I will say, wait, 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 wait. He was 19 for 61, and he's a top 15. What, what you said, eight players? So he's a top 13 player. A top 13 player goes eight for eight 
18 for six, 19 for 61 in the playoff series. Okay, go ahead. We, we mentioned the shoulders, right? The shoulders that he had surgery on immediately afterwards, right? I, I did mention that, yes. Thank you, Mark. And, and also, it is kind of hard to win a, a playoff series with Russell Westbrook being so Russell Westbrook-y, you know, um, wanting the ball all the time and not really being able. And now I think he has changed that in Houston. I think he's changed that a little bit. He's not taking as many jumpers and especially three-pointers. And he's kind of letting those guys um, use their better shooting talents. Um, okay, bud. Uh, 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 also, you guys want to talk about that. That uh, By the way, he scored more points in the Portland series, but he still shot poorly. But uh, let's talk about the-, the free throw line 17 and 14 times in those games that you didn't even mention. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's talk about the Utah series then. Only I, game- I agree that he had a bad series against Utah. We already said that. So two, pretty much two straight years. No, we're not acknowledging that the Portland series was bad. Look at all those free throws. He still has more points than field goal attempts. That's efficient. Question. So when Kyrie shot pretty much 35% that entire series, we blew him up. Because he also doesn't play defense. Okay, so we're acting like – okay, so wait. Who should Paul George have guarded that series? Wasn't he guarding McCollum? So you're saying he should have guarded McCollum and have Russ guard uh, Dane? You talking about the last play? No, I'm asking in general. Is that what you're saying? So I can – You want to look at his defensive rating? By all means. No, no, I'm asking. I think he was perfectly fine defensively. Zoom's about to kick us out, so we need to continue this another time because you guys, I feel attacked. And I'm just fitting facts right now, uh, but I feel I mean, attacked. You, you all attacked me on the Memphis stuff, so I, I, I think I think we're pretty good. I didn't even come for you like that. I just said they were deep and that that was kind of disrespectful, kind of harsh. By the way, really quickly. Okay, C.J. McCollum, you say you'll put him on C.J.? Gosh. That series, that series, C.J. McCollum averaged 24, 24 and a half on 46% shooting and 44% from three. I'm done. Thank you for listening to Sports Headlines, the most authentic place in sports. Thank you, Sabrina, for joining us. We'll have to get you back on to continue this. I win. Y'all no, you don't. I win. Really I don't. Win. No. I'm victorious. No. No. Um, thank, thanks for joining us, though. That was – 